This is Reimagining Healthcare, a podcast about innovation in the healthcare industry. It's a show for healthcare business owners, for healthcare professionals, for industry investors, and health tech entrepreneurs. On the show, I talk to health tech and healthcare innovators to uncover how they're reimagining and building a world of seamless digital healthcare experiences and how that fits into people's lives. I'm your host, Yanni Sapanos. Today, I'm speaking with Luke Fletcher, co-founder and CEO of Foxo.com. It's a digital health communication platform to engage with healthcare teams and organizations in a clinically safe, secure, and seamless way. Luke talks us through how design thinking has helped use a fresh canvas approach to build a modern, secure, and private communication platform for healthcare professionals. We go into the key reasons and benefits of user-led co-design and rapid prototype design methodology to de-risk development of a new digital health product. We compare products like Slack, Teams, WhatsApp, and point out the distinctions in using direct messaging platforms as compared to Foxo's real-time patient-centered messaging platform supported with stakeholder task management as an all-in-one platform that's connected to key healthcare clinical systems. We also discuss shadow IT in healthcare. What is it and what types of problems, issues, and challenges it represents? And in doing so, bringing to light the significance of reimagining healthcare collaboration using real-time communications and a novel approach to sharing healthcare records, as is the case with Foxo. If you're interested in what healthcare communication will look like in the very near future across the healthcare continuum and between various physical, itinerant or home healthcare settings, then you'll get a lot out of this discussion. Let's jump in. Hey, Luke, thanks for uh, coming along today. How are you doing? Yeah, well, thanks, Yanni. Good to be here, mate. Tell me a little bit about oh. yourself before we get into the, the whole journey that you've been on. So the journey to date, you know, it's been quite a big milestone just this week, but if we were to take it back to 2018, where Foxo was born, Foxo came out of the brainchild of uh, my co-founders being two doctors, both in public and private, and they grew up together, they went to med school together, and yet they were still unable to communicate in the health space. (laughs) (laughs) So even though they had each other's personal details, professionally they couldn't engage, communicate around a patient. So they introduced myself and we ended up kicking on to developing a prototype and that eventually became Foxo, what it is today, which is a uh, communication platform purpose-built for health. So really around patient-centric communication as well as being able to communicate internally and uh, beyond with your extended network. That's brilliant, mate. Let's back it up a little bit. So tell tell us a little bit about your personal journey before you got into Foxo and then we'll sort of uh, uh, unpack the whole startup journey that you've been on. Yeah, no worries. I did dive in pretty hard there. Yeah, you did. You went straight into it. (laughs) So look, I'm a designer at heart. So uh, university, I studied uh, communication design and from there uh, kicked off a digital agency with a, a few good friends of mine and ended up departing uh, a couple of years in, maybe five years in, to travel. And since then, I was always uh, in the design and marketing space and always within the tech space as well. So that was the the vertical that I played in. So developing websites, products, apps, and all of that, been doing it for decades. And, you know, I come from a family of doctors as well. So uncles, my, my father, cousins, everyone in and around the family are in medicine uh, at some degree. 
And then there's me, uh, the tech guy who, you know, was kind of the black sheep for quite a while in terms of not really following the trend in health. But, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in my dad's clinic waiting for him to wrap up and uh, take us home. Uh, and during that time, you know, I was really a, an observer of, you know, the process and and how backwards the system was. And even through to today, you know, a lot of things haven't changed in terms of how difficult it is to get progress and actually communicate. So when my co-founders approached and said, let's really try something, it was time to jump into that vertical, uh, being health and using my tech background. The reason I asked you that question is I, I wanted to bring out that design experience that you have because I think I think that is something that the healthcare system needs a lot more of. We need a lot more design thinking, a lot more people thinking about design and especially looking at the individuals that are involved in the healthcare industry and, and designing systems end to end. I want to kind of draw that out because I think it's really relevant to your story as far as uh, getting uh, getting into the startup. And apologies as well, kind of um, stolen your thunder a little bit there, but I'm quite passionate about what you're doing and excited about it. So you've got some doctors in your family, you've got some friends, you were raised sort of in and out of uh, a clinic, you're observing, you're seeing these types of issues and then an opportunity presented itself. So what was that like for you then? What, what, what did you go through after your co-founder said, hey, why don't we try and do something about this? What happened next? Yeah, well, look, so prior to jumping in headfirst with Foxo, I was at a company called Megaport, so quite a, a, lo- a long journey with them from startup through to ASX and beyond. And whilst I was there, I was really helping out with the brand, the marketing team, as well as assisting with some of the product work there. And it became a real passion of mine. And that was a really technical product. And we succeeded in making a very technical solution into a SaaS, easy-to-consume product. So I've taken all of those learnings around getting operational, onboarding, scaling up into the health sphere, which is absolutely needed. So, you know, looking at a lot of the products today that have been institutionalised across the big public sector and and also through to uh, private, those products and their interfaces are really quite difficult to navigate. And that's because, you know, they've been around forever and they just haven't had that chance to really iterate like what we see across other industries. So, you know, I was really passionate and always have been to bring that over to health. And it's actually really starting to happen now uh, as we see more and more startups enter health. And that is, you know, easy to use, beautiful interfaces, intuitive, scalable uh, products that not only solve a critical problem, but enable that really quickly and also bring with it a lot of benefits around iterative design. So we spend at Foxo a lot of time with our customers, working out what's working, what's not, how do we optimise workflows, how do we get people operational really quickly. So if we to look at what Foxo is as a product, which is a wide-reaching network where we want to bring on anyone and everyone in health to use it, we need to make that as easy as possible for that journey, that customer journey, for them to get optimal. So, you know, a lot of the onboarding and the user interface and the queues is, is really important to have that nailed down. So, you know, if anyone were to jump into Foxo today, you know, I'd be really excited to see them jump on board and take their learnings. And we, we really do listen and learn 
and it's been a big win for for the product. You know, we've just onboarded a clinic quite recently and they didn't need any handholding. They all got operational. They all found each other connected and started communicating straight off the bat, which is, you know, true SaaS style, which, you know, I think is lacking in health and it's desperate, desperate for this sort of change. One of the big opportunities um, back in the day, I, I um, started uh, Core Plus in 2009 or 2009, 2010, and there was just very little, if at all, software as a service type of solutions in, in the industry. Based on the use cases and really working with customers directly, you can hear what they need and why they need it. And uh, I think traditionally what software or technology tries to do is it kind of tries to make the tech fit the uh, requirement as opposed to looking at the requirement first and then deciding what tech will actually make it work. So, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's, I think it's important in design to actually focus on what we need and why we need it before we ask how are we going to, to do this. Yeah, couldn't agree more with you. And even, you know, that process that we implement is we call it rapid prototyping. Yeah. So we use uh, Figma experience design products where we can prototype it out without actually having to lay a little, you know, any bit of code. So we can present that to a collection of customers and ask them to step through that workflow before we even, you know, put it through the engineering team, which is, you know, you're going down the wrong path if you're doing that straight off the bat. So we already gain huge insights on, you know, what's going to work, what's not going to work before we put pen to paper. Uh, and, you know, it, it's just been a massive win. Yeah, and so, you know, the, the benefit of rapid prototyping is getting it right the first time or almost getting it right the first time. But not only that, you know, being a SaaS product, we're able to release a new version really quickly. And, you know, if you look at the incumbents that are desktop installs, they often will roll out a new update, you know, every six months, two years, you know, depending on their cycle. But we're releasing every two weeks. And that doesn't impact the customer because they don't need to do anything. When they next log in, they see the latest features and they get to use that. And we measure it. We measure what's working, what's not, and then we improve on it. And it's been an absolute success to get us to where we are today. You take a very much a co-design, co-create type approach. You're working side by side with your customers. You're feeding that into working prototypes. You named one of the tools that you use there. You're able to then uh, get an instantaneous feedback that things are working in line with the customer's expectations or they're, you know, you're able to factor in their criticism a lot quicker, synthesize it before you actually write one line of uh, development code. That's a real credit to you. I think it's the right way to be doing things in this day and age. And uh, yeah, those long six to 12 month uh, version type releases, they're, they're not good for anyone as far as I'm concerned. The customer doesn't get the value fast enough. Mm. As, as a health tech builder, you're not getting the critical information as to whether your customers actually value it or not fast enough. So it can be a really Indeed. expensive way to go if you do it the old school way. Yeah. And look, another little process that we've recently implemented, and this is care of our founding engineer, is dog fooding. Are you familiar with that? Uh, so is he eating, eating your, your own, own dog, dog food? Yeah. 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 But explain it just for those um, people who haven't heard it. Yeah. So dog fooding is essentially living and breathing your own product. So not just selling it and hoping that the customers will be able to use it. But if you're living and breathing it, you're using it for your own use cases every day, then you're going to really understand what the customer's pain points are when they come to you or even pick them up prior to then. 
So as a communication product, you know, we've switched off Slack and just using Foxo. And Slack is, you know, a fabulous communication product. And we see that as the North Star in, in some ways. So we've started dog fooding in Foxo now that it's at that enterprise level of communication. And the benefits are just astounding. You know, we're pulling out all of these great insights on new features and how to make things better and faster, et cetera. So dog fooding is an absolute must uh, if it can be done. The high-level principle there is if you're not prepared to eat your own dog food, then why would somebody else? So yes. definitely using it yourself, you get a first-hand empathy with what it's like to be a customer of your own product. Uh, and that usually irons out things um, pretty quick smart. So let's talk about the product then. So you started you started at the beginning just sort of, you know, prefacing what it was. But wh- why don't you give us the, the product definition now and we'll sort of break down who that's for, how it's actually uh, been designed to be used and how you see the customer journey unfolding or what that customer experience would be like for people using Foxo. Sure. So I mentioned Slack earlier. If people are familiar with that, Microsoft Teams is, is a fairly uh, decent equivalent there. We look at those products as what great communication should be in an organization. And that's where Foxo starts. So it's a communication platform that connects people in real time. So real-time messaging. But we've built that into the health space. So we've got user verification. So everyone on the Foxo network is verified. Uh, We've got integrations into uh, leading practice management softwares, uh, radiology information systems, and, you know, we're growing out that marketplace too. And then we've got some really novel environments that are bespoke to patient care. And so when you bolt all of those onto a messaging platform, you've got something that is a lot more than just sending texts. And that's where it begins. So we look at things like Slack and WhatsApp and Microsoft Teams where communication is made, but we add on these extra tools to ensure that clinicians can connect with either people within their organization or beyond to their extended network to be able to do business. And business could be things like referrers. It could be making a booking or a test request to another organization. And, you know, this is where these other tools fall down because Microsoft Teams, as good as it is, it's not purpose-built to solve a number of these problems that we've already built in. So, you know, things like uh, being able to communicate with another organization that's on Foxo. We make that engagement quite easy. Just look up the people, you send a request and away you go. And from that, you can start that conversation in a secure manner, either from your phone or desktop and all of those added tools and benefits over the top by being able to communicate around a patient, uh, referring and test requests and a whole bunch of other enterprise tools that we've bolted over the top of that as well. So look, if you're to summarize what Foxo is, real-time communication, purpose-built for health. And I think that's the real distinction there. I, I understand why you would compare it to Slack or Teams or even, you know, WhatsApp as an example, but those products are not designed for healthcare. So whilst there's um, a lot of great wisdom contained within those products for team collaboration and communication, the healthcare system has its nuances. So what are some of those healthcare distinctions when you say it's purpose-built for healthcare? What, what are the distinctions as to why somebody shouldn't or you wouldn't recommend they use Slack or Teams when it comes to healthcare? Well, it's not just Slack and Teams. It's also the other forms of communication that a lot of health providers are, are leaning on for communication. So, you know, we talk about 
uh, quite often when we're engaging at the investor level or uh, at the customer level, what, what they're using right now to communicate internally and externally. And it's either email or WhatsApp. And also uh, Facebook Messenger and Facebook Groups is wedged in there too. And, you know, these tools are being used because you can communicate with somebody that you may not have immediate access to. So WhatsApp, for example, you can reach out to somebody quite easily. Same with Facebook groups. You know, you can pull together a lot of users really easily. But then if you look at the notifiable data breach scheme, you know, we're looking at health as consistently the leading sector for data breaches year on year. And a lot of this comes down to human error. So human error. And when they drill down even further, it's information, patient or personally identifiable being sent to the wrong person mistakenly. And, you know, it's really easily done. You know, you can send an email to somebody and away you go. You can't retract that. As much as you may try to quit the browser or Outlook as it's sending, once it's gone, it's gone. Uh, And that's the leading cause of um, data breaches in the health sector, or one of anyway. Up there is also cybersecurity threats too. But, you know, they're they're hand in hand, um, well, they're, they're on par, should I they're say. They're on par, yeah. They're pretty much, uh, well, not exactly 50-50, but pretty close to it. Yeah, and look, that can be avoided really easily by just shifting over to a tool that has mechanisms in place that allows access revoking. So if you send off information in Foxo, with one click, you can retract that and you can revoke access, you can manage permissions. Uh, additionally, you know that everyone on Foxo is also a verified clinician or works for a healthcare organisation. So it's not just going out into the ether. Uh, And then we've got information transfer and accuracy. So when we're talking about patient care, accuracy is absolutely critical. So that's why the integrations are really important. So out of uh, a number of the patient information systems that we've integrated with, you can press the FOXO button, the patient information can come into an environment where you can start collaborating in FOXO with a variety of users. So now you've got information in context with one-for-one parity that's come out of that system for you to be able to communicate beyond your direct, you know, your four walls there. And then the other one is just the fact that we log everything. So we've got a full history log that's published within the environment. So if you're communicating with me, you share a patient with me, you edit that information or you add some media that's all documented indefinitely. So everything is documented. And, you know, when we think about another area in health, and this is predominantly in North America, litigation is huge. Uh, And being able to track back and and work out what was done and when it was done is absolutely essential for, you know, doing business in health. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And that that would be the uh, medico legal compliance side of things as well. You mentioned that uh, the users are validated how do you do that? What's the process for that? Quite manual at the moment, Yanni. Uh, so everyone that comes on, we collect enough information for us to determine they are who they say they are. And uh, over a period of 24 hours, we extract further information, we engage them, and if we don't get any response, they're out. So pretty easy. You know, the amount of information that we're collecting is enough for us to be very confident that you are who you say you are. And if there's any issues, you know, you're out. So we look at, you know, the registered email address is, is a really good starting point. If you're coming from a Q Health domain, for example, you know, it's pretty clear that you are who you say you are because you have to verify that via two-factor authentication. So you have to log into your email, verify that that's you, 
and that enables you to then become active on the network. We've got a number of other features throughout the product as well that you know we look at all of the activity, abusive behavior. You can report other accounts. You know, there's a lot of things that we've engineered into um, getting started as well as maintaining your profile on Foxo. Yeah, fantastic. I think that's a that's a really critical part of differentiating uh, communication platforms from, let's say, any tech or any type of vertical and then to healthcare, like really being able to understand, I guess, the providence in the information that's uh, contained within it, whether it's um, an individual, a claim on who they are, their identity, so to speak, in the context of um, healthcare is very key. From our point of view, and I know we'll be um, incorporating this into an integration with Foxo, that idea is embedded in the digital health notion. So we've actually co-designed a profile validation framework for healthcare practitioners with the Australian Digital Health Agency and a number of clinical systems. That's in national proof of concept at the moment, but it's going to be, I think, uh, at least one of the things that you could go to straight away where the practitioner is able to actually use their, you know, their ARPA registration ID as an example, other kinds of identifiers to then uh, go off to the accredited databases and validate that uh, they are real and legitimate and able to be added to the system. That will then sort of, you know, factor into other things like, okay, now we know who you are, what type of services do you provide uh, or where do you provide them from, where do you provide them to. There's some key things like that that I think are fundamental in the overall, the way I guess that we connect points of care, you know, from, from end to end. So I'm, I'm really, really happy to hear that you're doing a validation process, albeit you're saying it's a little bit manual, but the philosophy's there, and I think that's really key. So what happens next? You've validated somebody, you put them on the network, uh, you've got some integrations with some uh, clinical systems at the moment, there's some interoperability going on there, you're, you're sharing uh, some uh, uh, patient details. What kind of information is being shared between a clinical system and the FOXO users? So... We are not trying to be a long-term permanent record of a patient's file. We're in a situation or the scenario where the doctor or the nurse or the allied health practitioner was going to pick up the phone or send that email or send that WhatsApp message to somebody to solve a case or a problem at hand. So the information that we pull out is enough to solve that, in, that case at hand. So that might be uh, patient demographics, first name, last name, date of birth, gender, uh, and then the clinical scenario right now. So what is the case at hand? And, you know, that's that's all that we need. In some cases, we're extracting a little more, you know, like allergies or whatever else they need. But right now, it's, you know, we're really trying to keep it light on because, as I said, you know, we don't want to be that long-term permanent record, although we do store it indefinitely. Once it's extracted and pulled in, that's a, that's the trigger for the user to then share that on or bring in other users to start that collaboration. And that's where the conversation's had. And that's where a lot of the information is held. So you know, you've got enough info there to start that conversation, enrich that profile, and then solve that problem. Fantastic. And I think a lot of people would relate to that, just drawing on those comparatives with the business products like Slack or Teams. We've all shared files, you know, in those types of products. So we understand that kind of idea. But the distinction here, if we invoke that kind of healthcare idea again, what are the differences? Do you structure the data that relates to the to the patient that um, practitioners are actually collaborating around? Yeah, so we've built out this environment called the patient card. It's almost like if Google Docs were to meet 
03, to me, 0365 and then you're throwing on a layer of uh, Slack or some type of real-time communication. So it's like a, a real-time document where you can have multiple users editing, modifying, communicating in the one space. So we've got all the patient credentials up top. We've got media that have been uploaded and then there's a chat thread embedded within. And then we've got things like search tags and the log uh, and then the permissions management as well. And look, the really interesting thing that we're seeing here is a lot of the activity in Foxo has moved from the messaging environment into the patient card. Uh, and look, we were hoping this would happen because this is a real bespoke, novel, unique piece that we've developed here. So messaging is, is strong. You know, we've got a lot of activity happening there. But what we're seeing is that messaging then moves into this patient's, uh, patient card where everything's been had because it's a lot more of a feature-rich environment. And, you know, that's what Foxo was built for, for patient context communication. So, you know, if we're to look at our metrics, it's, it's almost one-for-one one where the activity is happening within the product. And, you know, if we look at our, what we're, we're doing in the market and we think about customer desirability, product market fit, and what that means to investors as well, you know, we've built something unique that's getting used on parity with messaging. So, you know, really exciting. That is great. So you call that a, a patient? Patient card. So that card is where the collaboration magic happens. Correct. So that that's a great segue then into saying in, into then asking. All right, so let's put it into the real world. Who who are the customers? Who who are you engaging with? So our primary focus right now is radiology, and the reason why is because it's probably one of the most complex verticals within health. But they're also early adopters of tech, so you know they're always leaning forwards in their seats when it comes to something new and novel. Uh, additionally, if one radiology practice is doing something really well, everyone else seems to take notice. So we looked at radiology as, you know, the primary vertical for us to enter. And we've solved a number of the integrations around their workflows, which is, you know, they do a lot of reporting. They start at the top of their list and they go down. Often they'll do 300 reports a day. And when they come to a problem with those reports, they've then got to pick up the phone and they've got to phone through to the hospital or through to the front desk and a radiologist picking up a phone, waiting on hold in a hospital is not a good use of their time. So Foxo has really solved that problem where that integration, they can just press that button and that sends enough information to the hospital or to their colleague to solve that problem. So being able to really wedge ourselves into that market straight away has been a huge win. And then when you think about radiology and where it fits into the health market, they've got their tentacles across everything. So, you know, they've got inbound customers or patients, should I say, coming from GPs and specialists. And then they've got teleradiologists and then they've got hospital contracts and they're, they're rife. You know, their communication is everywhere and there's a lot of challenges because there's so many silos. They're working in these siloed platforms that have been around forever that just simply don't communicate beyond their, you know, little environment that they're stuck in. So Foxo fits in really well to connect GPs and specialists through to radiology and beyond. That pattern's going to repeat itself over and over. I mean, that is the crux of the healthcare uh, communication challenge, isn't it? And, and there's every healthcare provider in a way is interacting with some other healthcare provider at some point in time. It's a classic issue where patients don't just work with one practitioner. I guess the continuity of their healthcare or even across their lifetime 
they're interacting with so many different points of care, different practitioners and the like. So the idea that the system of healthcare just knows what the information is and is able to just manifest it, you know, as and when needed, is just not happening. In reality, there's data siloed all over the place. It's very challenging. That's an important note here to talk about how FOXO addresses that. You're in the space between those systems in a way where you're able to interoperate between clinical systems, which represent those those key stakeholders. So you might say the radiologist, or you might say the the specialist, the nurse, the systems that are designed for those individual users act kind of in isolation unless there's um, something in between that brings it all together. And whilst in hospitals, there's been a lot of investment in trying to produce those big systems that contain all that data end to end, there's still an inefficiency in how quickly and easily stakeholders can actually interact with each other. You've, you've kind of architected a model that is transposable into a variety of different settings across the entire healthcare system. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, we are certainly pulling on all strings when it comes to being neutral. And neutral is 100% the play that we're going down here. So not just neutral in terms of uh, who we integrate with, but which vertical we, we focus on and build the product for. So it's not just built for radiology. It's built for communication across health. So, you know, you, you pulled on a few really interesting topics there and, and the hospital communication and systems and silos, are, they're a real problem. And trying to communicate with, say, a visiting medical officer or a referring specialist that's not within the hospital, you've got to pick up the phone or you've got to send an email and you've got to know their email address. It's a real problem. So, you know, even when it comes to Microsoft Teams trying to solve this within a hospital, the VMO or the specialist isn't on their Microsoft Teams. It still falls back onto email or phone calls. So, you know, being that wide-reaching network that Foxo is, it brings connectivity and information much closer to the doctor. Makes a lot of sense. Use an acronym there, VMO. What, what did you mean by that? Visiting medical officer. The visiting medical so officer. A, yeah. Could be a specialist that's, you know, coming and going uh, a couple of times a week. And, you know, that's, that'd be another casing point around the value of having a private, secure communication system that allows um, people to interact with a facility without necessarily being onboarded into their, you know, their standard operating environment. You might have an IT guy, for example, who doesn't like the idea of guests sort of navigating through their systems. It's incredibly valuable to have that information shared in the context of the healthcare that's being delivered. So this is sort of a way for somebody who is validated and authorised to have access to FOXO and FOXO has access to the clinical system and uh, the card shares and collaborates around some of the information that's needed to contextualise that interaction with the patient. Am I writing your marketing plan here, Luke? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's beautiful. Keep going. I'm taking notes. (laughs) No, that's um, that's awesome. Well, you know, I'm, I'm... been an advocate for digital health interoperability for a while and obviously I you know I'm not in the hospital sector I focus more in the mental physical nutritional health and wellness settings private practice and disability and to some extent aged care but the problems are real across the board and you know there are a lot of practices out there that have chosen products like Slack and Teams and WhatsApp and all the ones that you mentioned there as well there's still faxing going on for for God's sake and whilst Slack and Teams are IT secure they're not conformant 
with um, the uh, data profiles and the type of communication that's needed in healthcare to actually have a uh, clinically meaningful use when sharing information around a, a shared client. And I don't think they'll go there because those types of products, uh, just like Google Apps, for example, huge, great, lot of value in that product stack, but it's not designed to be a targeted uh, offering to a vertical industry. It's designed to be generally something for everyone so that all businesses and all industries can use it. And so we really have to remember that in healthcare, that healthcare has its own characteristics, its own regulations, its own standards. It's got its own conformance profiles around what data needs to look like and how it needs to be shared with each other. So they're things that may not apply to any other industry at all. So we need to be using health tech as opposed to any tech in order to do the job. But the problem, I guess, in the absence of Foxo has been that those other products have been available, you know, sort of universally available. And and so that makes it easy for healthcare providers to think they're the right choice. So I, I think it's great that Foxo has entered the market and it's a good timing. Certainly in, in, in my industry, there definitely are a lot of people using collaboration tools and communication tools because they really haven't had an alternative at this point in time that, that actually speaks to healthcare. What are you seeing in, in your travels? You, you've mentioned quite a bit to cover there and what really stands out is the IT piece. And yes, there are these platforms that have been deployed but you know, shadow IT is a main is, is a major problem across public and private health. Just explain shadow that term. IT, yeah, that's when you know, the the employees of an organisation adopt their own product, they roll it out, and it goes rough across an organisation because they're trying to solve a problem themselves, and that hasn't been backed by the organisation. And that's where doctors are falling onto Facebook groups and and WhatsApp, where Slack and Microsoft Teams has already been deployed. So, you know, these products are, are getting traction like WhatsApp because they haven't found a suitable alternative to do the purpose of communicating beyond their organisation. So, look, I couldn't agree more, mate. You know, it is great timing. Everyone in uh, health is, is ready for a change. I think, you know, with COVID coming along as well, the industry has certainly matured quite quickly in the tech adoption space. And, you know, if you look at devices and browsers and computers, uh, we're able to deploy a product like Foxo uh, really quickly and easily, and it's available for everyone. makes life easy for everyone. That's great. That's great. And for anyone who didn't pick up on the acronym earlier when you were referring to SaaS as the architecture, it's software as a service, which um, in simple terms is accessible via an internet browser uh, with a simple username and password. So that, that makes the the overhead and hurdle of what, what kind of systems do I need to be able to access it really lean because everybody's already got the browser and already got, you know, the internet connectivity, or well, most people do. So what's the future look like, uh, Luke? What's your vision? So just this week we announced that we closed our pre-seed round. Congratulations, so, by the way. Thanks very much. It's great to have that behind us, but I'm already focused on the next raise. So this Pre-seed is a 12-month bridge for us to get us through formalising the commercial planning, bringing on uh, some big sales guys. So, you know, we've just recruited two legendary fellas that have been in the industry for quite a while and know the ropes. And so we're really looking at commercialising and formalising the business. Now, in addition to that, we're looking at expansion, so market expansion as well. 
which means, you know, we've got to start looking at North America and what we need to do uh, with the infrastructure and the product and legal. So to enter that market, we're doing a bit of work behind the scenes to formalise, you know, infrastructure. So when we do deploy over there, we are HIPAA compliant. HIPAA compliance, SOC 2, ISO, all of that is really important for us. So we'll be uh, kicking all of those uh, processes into gear. So that's the next 12 months. In the next five years, you know, 10 years, I've been really visionary here. I just want Foxo to replace unsanctioned, non-purpose-built tools. So whether it's on the free tier, I just want it to, you know, boot out WhatsApp and Facebook. There's no need for a doctor to be using Facebook to share clinical information or to communicate with another doctor when Foxo is freely available at that level. You know, if you're just doing that, jump on a Foxo, download it and get going. It's really easy and it's free to use. So, you know, if we think about Foxo as a, a wide, easily accessible network growing, in five years, I'd love it to have, you know, that uptake across health where people are on Foxo to communicate. Uh, yeah. Why would anybody share healthcare information on Facebook? Even if it is a private group, uh, and there's, there's a few. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm aware of it. But it it uh, happens quite a bit. And, you know, our, um, our investor presentation, I, I went out to our network and said, guys, if you're willing and able to take some screenshots of, you know, some of the unsanctioned tools and products that you're using to communicate with, please send them through. And it came back in droves. And, you know, it was really exciting because not only is it happening and they're not happy about it, but they want a solution. And they said, look, take my name off this, but here's a screenshot. Let's fix this problem. We want to fix it. So we're not trying to shove something down people's throats here. This is a real problem that people also want to fix themselves. Yeah, and you've also got that Australian Privacy Act compliance issue as well where, you know, you're, you're sending, yeah, IT secure, but you're still processing um, healthcare information offshore through Facebook and the like. So I take it from your point of view when you're looking at different territories at the moment, you've started up in Australia, so you've got your data processing here in Australia. When you do North America, will you be uh, using the Australian system or are you going to replicate it or you're not sure to be advised? Oh, we will definitely have to set up operations in North America. So our infrastructure will have a unique instance over there. Yep. Whether or not they connect, um, you know, that's yet to be determined. And that's with our DevOps engineer and our engineering team to solve. But essentially, we do need uh, the globe to be connected at some level on Foxo. But where data is stored, data sovereignty will be upheld. So where your region is and where you're based, information will be stored. Makes a lot of sense. And are you looking right across the healthcare industry or are you sort of staying focused over the next few years on certain verticals within healthcare? We're going to look at where it takes us. It's been interesting. We've had some strong interest out of cancer, so oncology and uh, pathology, uh, PHNs, GPs and specialists. So uh, at this early stage, we're looking at everything. As I mentioned earlier, uh, radiology is definitely ready for us and we're ready for them too. So the short term is there, but as we uh, infiltrate and get across that network, we're seeing a lot of interest beyond there as well. Are you seeing anything in the mental health space or uh, the physical therapies, occupational therapies, speech pathology, things of that nature? I, I can see that we would certainly be able to help out uh, right now with our blinkers on and we're focused, you know, laser focused. I haven't had a chance to come up to air to, to even think about that, Yanni, but I do think that there is certainly a problem there that needs to be solved. 
for sure, as I mentioned earlier, there's, what did you call it? Shadow IT. <laughs> I like yep. that term. There's definitely that concept of shadow IT is already the horse that's bolting, which makes it a real challenge for uh, the Australian standard bearers, you know, around healthcare information standards and and the like, you know, because the the American marketing machine and other jurisdictions around the world, you know, they're selling technology and uh, it's a global market. So it's really easy for healthcare providers to find something that solves their problem today. I'm going to use the term, they're not as sophisticated on concepts around regulation and standard in, in technology to actually have that at the forefront of their mind to say, no, I can't choose this product for reasons. It's more as a product here, it's marketing to me, it's addressing what I want, I can take it now and use it. But then that creates a problem for the overall system of healthcare down the road where once there are many people using those kinds of products, then in a way we almost have to normalise them. I'll give, you a, I'll give you a quick example. When COVID hit earlier this year, telehealth uh, became super dominant in terms of what people need next. A lot of the information that was being recommended out to the practitioner community was referencing products like FaceTime and Skype and because it's already available, it's already out there. And, you know, in the technology industry, we look at that and we're going, oh, there it is again, you know, reinforcing that, you know, those products might be okay. But I think it's part of that challenge that, you know, regulation tends to try and do the right thing, but it's lagging constantly. And we we it, we really need that innovation cycle to happen fast. And it's great that Foxo has come, come into the market with a at least that communication side of things, that, that collaboration environment, purpose-built for healthcare, to give people that alternative now than thinking, let's just take Slack or let's just take Teams because they're already there. What are your thoughts on that? Well, look, the, the NHS, when, when the UK got their first wave or saw their first wave of COVID come through, they were in such a scramble. We, we, we say uh, when we're talking with our investors that the UK got caught with their pants down because they didn't have a suitable alternative for communication across the whole of the UK. So they uh, rolled back some of the requirements uh, and sanctions on WhatsApp and temporarily allowed WhatsApp to be used for communication across health in right. the NHS. So that was a great qualifier for us to just say, all right, well, there is a problem and it hasn't been solved yet. So if they're falling back to that, there's definitely a need. Uh, and then when you look at uh, Slack and Microsoft Teams and change management, those products are really a qualifier for Foxo. If your business is using Teams or Slack, you're mature enough to you know, shift communications into that fashion. You're already seeing the benefits. And Slack tout that you can save up to 26% of your email traffic if you deploy Slack across an organisation. So if an organisation is starting to reap these benefits of real-time communication, then that's just a step towards Foxo. There's you know, a lot more benefits than just real-time communication with Foxo. So we definitely look at those products as qualifiers to being able to merge or move over to a product or even if it works hand-in-hand in, hand in some ways. Is the team building concept fairly similar as well? So if, if I'm a practitioner and let's say I want to communicate with somebody who is outside of my organisation, can I invite them in and join uh, into a dedicated communication space? Yeah, we've actually got two methods that this can work. So, Yanni, you and I could be in a team uh, and then someone else can join that team with us. 
But if that someone else isn't suitable to join the team and they only need us for a one-off interaction, maybe for some support, some advice, or you know, maybe it's an administration problem, they can contact us and submit a case to us. Then it's up to you and I to claim that case. We can communicate directly with that person and we can push that case through a workflow being opened uh, in progress and then closed. So what that means for the individual is they may not know you and I personally, but they know that we work in, say, the emergency department at a hospital. So then they just need to look up that emergency department to engage that department and the people within can then communicate back. So the concept of teams has been taken a lot further than just a room full of people. It's actually got a ticketing workflow for external sources to be able to engage that team at a certain level and communicate in real time as well. That's a really interesting distinction. So the the parties uh, don't need to be known to each other uh, as in personally. They just need to be trusted uh, because they're they're on the system and they represent certain skills that are needed in order to handle this particular issue or this is that the definition of a case there's a case here around a particular client but is there are there any synonyms for that is that kind of like an episode is an event or does the case define a particular patient well we've we've kept it generic as case because you can do many things with it and it's being used in a number of ways as well so in the administration space uh, it teams are using it for their it ticketing in their organization so you can simply engage the IT team, submit a ticket, and it goes through that process. And then uh, in the uh, clinical space, you've got a radiologist that's working through their list, as I highlighted earlier. And if they come across a problem, they can push that into an administration team. That team will solve that problem and then feed it back into the radiology information system. And then it can be used almost as bookings as well. So a GP could push a patient into a bookings team at a pathology firm, for example, So we've kept it generic because it is very flexible and can be used in a number of ways. That's a really interesting revelation there. I hadn't connected with that part of uh, FOXO. That particular example is kind of interesting. How how many times would a health provider interact with their IT department to talk about a technical issue, but in order to address it, they have to provide healthcare information about a patient in order to help the IT team to be able to identify, you know, the the case or the record or, you know, the issue. This kind of example that you just provided is it happens already, but typically the way it happens is um, that kind of reference is happening in the environment that's not secure uh, for healthcare sharing of, of healthcare information. So it's not, a, it's not a clinical sharing of information, but there is a sharing of information because somebody's trying to diagnose what is technically going wrong for that particular practitioner. And in order to do that, you've got a non-clinical person who needs sometimes to look at a screen or to look at some information, a study, for example, a test result, in order to be able to troubleshoot, try and replicate a particular issue. Is that kind of what you're describing there, that kind of interaction with um, service ticket uh, use cases? Yeah, uh, but it's not always clinical. Uh, it could just be that you've got a problem with your mouse and it's not working. Yeah, So yeah. It- all in the above. But yeah, it is exactly that. You know, if they do need to jump on and share further information, then if it's done on Foxo, then, you know, if people are using like an Alassian product, which might have their own ticketing service, that information is going to be uh, replicated across the globe. And the way that the information is also stored and presented back to the organization, 
it may not be uh, in a suitable fashion for it to be displayed uh, internally. So, you know, we've taken all of these concepts and workflows into account and the way that information is captured and transferred and then stored is, you know, bespoke to health, uh, but also adaptable to various scenarios outside of clinical care. Fantastic, Luke. So, so we've got a worldwide collaboration platform in the making, homegrown out of Australia, that's taking a very contemporary approach to how stakeholders in the healthcare system can actually communicate and collaborate around uh, a shared client or patient in a health context using security and privacy in a health way <laughs> and, taking and doing all that in, uh, in real time or at a pace that suits the humans that are interacting with each other uh, at that point in time, doing away with fax, doing away with email. I, I get why you, you provide that analogy with Teams and, and Slack, but I really think you've set yourself apart from those products because of those uh, nuances, those use cases, the actual, the, the design that you've done by working with real healthcare practitioners to address their communication needs. So I think it's a, it's a real credit to, to you and to Foxo. Uh, so uh, well done for that. Best wishes for the, the next year leading into your, your bigger vision. And uh, thanks, Luke, for, uh, for coming along, having a chat today. Thanks, Gianni. It's been great, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Health Tech X, where we are working toward a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. If you'd like more info on how to get involved, head over to the website, healthtechx.com.au. Or if you have any feedback about the show, you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Instagram, or email by following the links in this episode's show notes. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to Reimagining Healthcare in your podcast app. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos. And I'll speak to you in our next episode.